This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It was a condolence message that made our Prime Minister the subject of international criticism and, in some cases, ridicule on the very issue, human rights, that he was trying to champion on his trip to Africa. I'm talking about Justin Trudeau's statement on the passing of Fidel Castro. It described the Cuban dictator as a remarkable leader, a legendary revolutionary and orator who made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. I was quoting there. Uh, the statement also noted that Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, was very proud to call Castro a friend. Well, the criticism ran the gamut from Republican Senator Marco Rubio, the son of Cuban immigrants, to uh, he called it shameful and embarrassing to Trudeau's own former policy advisor, Roland Paris. The Washington Post put together a collection of tweets with the hashtag Hashtag Trudeau eulogies, including things like takeoffs, how Trudeau would eulogize the likes of Paul Pot and Joseph Stalin. Michael Tobe, who is a former speechwriter for uh, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, called the statement disgraceful on many levels. He joins us now. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm good, Libby. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Um, what prompted you to get into that conversation? Well, like everyone else, obviously, I was, pretty, I was pretty stunned when I actually saw it at first. You know, I have written public statements like a lot of speechwriters, and many professional writers have been involved one way or the other in writing these things. And generally speaking, when a world leader such as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau makes a statement like that, it goes through a process where someone is given the pen, so to speak, or he or she writes the actual document. It goes through a series of revisions and, you know, obvious discussions with senior leaders and so forth until a final draft is actually put forward. I think the thing that I thought initially was, one, it just didn't look all that professional in terms of the way it was crafted and the way it was argued. It just didn't seem like a professional stylist was actually behind it. Now, we don't know one way or the other who actually wrote this statement or whether it was Mr. Trudeau himself. I'm sure over time we'll probably find out. But for right now, I think we can say that the statement itself was very poorly written. And the second part, and the real reason that I got involved, is because a public statement like that from a prime minister is supposed to represent the views of all Canadians. In fact, even directly in the statement itself, he basically tries to, you know, express his condolences on behalf of many Canadians. Number one, most Canadians would not accept what Mr. Trudeau has said about Fidel Castro, who was really regarded as the embodiment of all evil by a lot of people, both on the political right and the political left. And number two, if Mr. Trudeau wanted to make some of these gushing remarks in his own personal statement, we could agree or disagree whether he could do it or not, 
but he shouldn't have put out something like this, which sounded more like a personal story than it actually was a, pl- a public statement from a political leader, including a world leader, and then basically say that it's on behalf of all of us. Um, Most Canadians would not agree with this at all. Okay, um, you're absolutely right. Now, he, he, you're absolutely right that a lot of people uh, viewed Castro as the embodiment of evil. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt that he was a legendary revolutionary and orator, like it or not. But mm-hmm. Canada has always gone its own way on Cuba. Uh, so isn't this just a part of that? Or, or why was this going too far, given Canada's past history with Cuba? Well, look, so obviously different prime ministers have handled Cuba differently according to the issues or the, the p- period of history that we're dealing with. For example, Stephen Harper, the man I worked for, had a much different vision and view of Cuba than, say, Justin Trudeau did or his father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, did. So prime ministers may sort of have a a different idea or a different line that they follow with Cuba, but they don't all necessarily believe the same thing one way or the other. I think what, though, has happened here is that a lot of people have been sort of caught up in the moment of the United States and Cuba sort of rebuilding relations and trying to take out the, the, the Cuba thaw that has existed for so long. So they're sort of trying to walk the same line as Justin Trudeau did, except I think there's been a difference in the way it's been crafted and structured. If you look at President Barack Obama, the U.S. president's statement, although it is certainly more positive than, say, the one that Donald Trump put out, right. which I think had the emotional belief a lot of us felt about Fidel Castro, but it was probably too early to say, Mr. Obama tackled a line that was both positive and negative. The positive component, however, dealt with not Mr. Castro and what he had done, but the fact that there can be a new future for Cuba in terms of greater freedom, greater liberty, greater democracy, now that someone like Fidel Castro is gone, so to speak. I think that would have been a much better line for Justin Trudeau to tout, and I think it's a line that many Canadians would have actually accepted more widely than, say, Justin Trudeau basically coming out and, as I said, just sort of gushing about Fidel Castro being a great revolutionary leader, expressing deep sorrow, expressing his, you know, his condolences on behalf of all Canadians. I think if he had taken a line which had balanced the positive and the negative side of this, it would have come out looking a lot better and he would have been criticized internationally. Do you, uh, do you think that he has harmed his uh, brand? Uh, and do you think, especially on human rights, I mean, uh, Castro uh, had many human rights violations and, and here was Justin Trudeau on a trip when he was trying to showcase that issue. Yes, it's actually very farcical for a person, this being Justin Trudeau, who claims to be a strong believer in human rights, to actually defend a person who is still regarded to this day, even a, day after, a few days after his death, as one of the biggest human rights abusers in the world as Fidel Castro. So you're right, there is actually this wild contradiction in terms. In terms of what will happen to Justin Trudeau overall, I guess a lot of it remains to be seen, but I think two immediate things can be said. Number one, his political honeymoon, which is extended far longer than I think anybody actually believed it would, is now effectively over. The you think this re- is ending his honeymoon? Pardon me? You think this, this, this thing is going to be the thing that ends his honeymoon? Well, I think it had started to end domestically, Libby, to be quite frank. But internationally, as you know, 
Justin Trudeau was sort of regarded as a kind of a beacon of light for the progressive left, so to speak. And many people thought that Trudeau would be sort of a, a guiding light when Barack Obama's presidency ends next January. That was speculated on by a lot of people, including even major newspapers in the U.S., too. I think now that they've seen something like this, while it may not necessarily lead them to take the proverbial hand and sweep them away or sweep them off the table, I think a lot of them are going to start to realize what the frustration has been about with Justin Trudeau since he was first elected in 2015 with less than 40% of Canadian support. I think they're now starting to see that, yes, Justin Trudeau is obviously very popular, he's very young, he's gregarious, he's got a, a family that's obviously very photogenic, and all of that is fine. But when you actually look at the substance of a leader, and you see a little statement like that, but a statement that actually means a lot when you consider who it was about and what this individual, that being Fidel Castro, the damage that he caused to Cuba in terms of human rights abuses, um, the, uh, the associated murders that he did both as a revolutionary leader and as a political leader, including to organizations like the Cuba Archive System, for example. When you put all of that together, it makes you really wonder if Justin Trudeau, on an international basis, is really going to be this beacon of light, so to speak, or if many people have been sort of glazing over the subject for far too long. Oh. And I think the trick really here is that if the shine is going to come off his political honeymoon, it had to be something that had major impact. The fact that he is getting blasted from both the political right and the political left, including people like Marco Rubio, who ran for the uh, GOP presidential nomination, shows that people are basically frustrated with what he's done, and it's not something they're necessarily going to forget within a few days' time. Okay, um, hang on. We're going to take a couple of calls. People are lined up. We've got Don in Toronto. Hello, Don. Hi, um, I totally agree with what, what this gentleman just said. Um, I think there's a big disconnect with Trudeau. I voted for him. I thought he's young. We need a change. He's not speaking on behalf of all Canadians. He might be speaking on behalf of his father, who had a relationship. But he is too politically correct. What's next? He's going to say that Sharia law is, is an okay thing here? Like, I want to remind people, Don, just one reminder. Do you remember that one comment that we thought was maybe a slip of the tongue where he said off the cuff that he admired the Chinese government because it was a dictatorship and they could actually turn the economy on the dime because people didn't have freedom? Do you remember that comment? I absolutely remember that comment. I, 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 I voted for him. I'm embarrassed for him, quite frankly. And I don't think he's doing what's in the best interest of the country. I don't believe a dictatorship is the way to go. And the fact that he's even uttering those words is ludicrous. We all voted him in because we wanted positive change. We wanted to be represented in a positive light. He's going to go up against Trump now. Trump is going to make, he's going to eat him and spit him out, and that's going to be the end of Trudeau. And I'm very disappointed. I don't care who wrote that speech, whatever that statement he said about Castro, but Trudeau needs to understand a lot of people lost their lives fleeing Cuba. He okay. was with Che Rivera. I mean, this, was, this is a man who he's giving a positive light to who did not live like his people in abject poverty. He was living the life of Riley like Marcos. Oh. So I'm very ashamed to be part of this right now, and I'm kind of ashamed that we have Trudeau with his great hair and, you know, his beautiful wife representing us, because I do not believe he speaks on behalf of, of every Canadian here. So, Okay, Don, thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Joanna in Toronto. Hello, Joanna. 
Oh, hi, Libby. Um, Libby, I think the opposite. I voted for Trudeau. I'm a very senior citizen. I have a, a young approach to life. I know all about the sordid past of Fidel Castro. And I know this is his buddy wasn't mentioned at all, um, Che Guevara. Yes. That's another story. Uh, and um, Don just mentioned him, but go he on. He gave a polite eulogy. Everything he said about that monstrous dictator was true. The only word he didn't use was monstrous. So let's move on. He said it. Maybe it wasn't well written. Who's to know? And that person that's on your show that's criticizing, uh, I'd love to know what his credentials are. But anyway, I think it was okay. And I think the papers are making a big deal about it. And I hate that picture on the front page of the Post today with Trudeau as a young man at his father's uh, funeral uh, talking or hugging um, Fidel Castro. But so he said what he said. It was very polite. He could have been worse. And let's move on. Good Lord. I mean, is there other things that we can talk about? And then comparing us to the United States? Wow, that's another story. You should have a show on that one. Okay, I'm sure we will. Joanna, thanks very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we are uh, basically uh, out of time on this subject. We have to move on. Before we go, uh, Michael, uh, briefly, Mm -hmm. do you think this issue will have a lasting impact, or do you think... uh, People will agree with our previous caller who says, okay, it's time to move on from this. Well, although my credentials were criticized. Uh, I'm um, sorry about that. It's okay. Don't worry about it. The first caller, I think, though, the only reason I'm isolating her is not because I necessarily agree with it. I think what she's showing is the same thing that Roland Paris, the former advisor to Trudeau that you pointed out, has actually been frustrated by. There are liberals who voted for Justin Trudeau for change or a belief of change based on what they had experienced for almost 10 years with the man I worked for, Stephen Harper, the former prime minister. If they see events like this, and there's always been this fear, even for liberals who voted for him, Libby, that he wouldn't be able to handle foreign policy matters and foreign policy issues with the same uh, tone and precision that Stephen Harper did, whether you liked his views or not, this is a clear example to liberals who voted for him that maybe there is something there that they missed, or maybe that there's going to be more to come, that this is just basically a little spark that lit the flame, and we're going to actually see Justin Trudeau, when it comes to standing on the foreign policy stage or the international stage, is going to be weaker and weaker or viewed as being weaker because he can't differentiate between a monster like Fidel Castro and how to handle a public statement on behalf of all Canadians. If that balance doesn't exist... Trust me, for the next few years, this is going to be something that it may not end his, obviously it's not going to end his leadership, he's not going to become a former prime minister because of it, but it's something that's going to linger in the backs of many people's minds for many years to come. Okay, Michael Tobe, Michael Tobe of Excellent Credentials, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, Libby, take care. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.